0: Welcome to Roots and Graffiti. I'm Steven Estridge with the Jasper County Economic Development Organization.
1: And I'm Brian Hooker with the Jasper Newton Foundation. This is a short chat diving into the happenings of Jasper County, Indiana. Episode topics range from project announcements to conversations about rural issues. Together, we'll explore and break down what's happening right here in Jasper County.
0: Welcome, Carlos, to our podcast Thank today. you for joining us today. Thank you.
2: Happy to be here.
1: I think to start, if you would talk a little bit about Franciscans in general, like in their mission in healthcare. I know that I've met a few of the sisters and know the organization a little bit, but just for the general public who might be listening.
2: Yes. We are known as Franciscan Health, Franciscan Alliance. We are. We have been in Peru for the most part in Indiana for about 147 years now. Wow. And the first, actually, the whole uh, healthcare care ministry, we call it, started in uh, Lafayette, Indiana. It's still where, the, where uh, St. Elizabeth, uh, which is known as central hospital today, but where that's where the School of Nursing now is operating at. That's, our, that's the original site uh, where the sisters started. So who would have thought that 147, 48 years later, we have a, a total of 14 hospitals in over 18,000 employees that the healthcare ministry employ. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. You know, and continue to be, obviously, the mission of Franciscan is, as it is pretty clear, with the continued Christ ministry in our Franciscan uh, tradition, obviously we're trying to be in those markets where underserved populations reside. That's how we actually, I believe, how we came to Rensselaer. Mm -hmm. Rensselaer represents the first and only critical access hospital that, that the system operates, so uh, quite a bit of a learning curve for me, so I am honored that I was chosen by the sisters to lead uh, the, this hospital back in 20... I got the grants to lead in 2016. We actually took over at Jasper County Hospital in October 1st of 2015. What's a critical access hospital? A critical access hospital was a designation that the Center for Medicare Service, the CMS, put an status back, I believe it dates back to 1995. It was a way for CMS, for Medicare, to try to bring health care to rural America mm-hmm. and to underserved areas. You do get a benefit from, from Medicare uh, recipients that they pay you a cost plus 1%. Also, uh, there's a few regulations that we have to meet. One of them is we have to keep the average length of the stay to... Four days, 96 hours, okay. no more. You actually see those 96 hours, we get uh, penalized. We also have to uh, have up to 25 beds, okay. hospitals. We have to have uh, a full services of an emergency room, very with all the full services, uh, knowing that a critical access hospital will not have the repertoire of. All the specialty physicians, for example, pediatric, general surgeons, neurosurgeons, pulmonologists. We end up transferring a lot of patients, and I think that's one of the key components of a critical access hospital. We are trying to be the healthcare provider for that community, but simply we're not going to have a catheterization department. So you have a you have a STEMI, we'll stabilize the patient, we get the blood thinners going, we get. Everything in motion, including the flight. If we have a patient with a cardiac arrest, we typically would not get a patient with an ambulance. That's a helicopter patient yeah. because care continues by us being in contact with the, whatever the hospital that the patient would be going that has a hard cath lab. Mm-hmm. We probably will do the CAT scan here. We start the blood thinners known as a TPA on the patients. Those are being monitored by that cardiologist at the other end. So when they get there, they go straight from wow. Rensselaer to that uh, hard cath lab, that operating room, and within 30 minutes, that patient would be under the care of that car- cardiologist. So there's a lot of uh, benefits. And also the other one that makes a critical uh, access hospital is you have to be within 35 minutes to the next available higher-level or acuity service. Okay. So we meet that regulation by having Crown Point yep. is over 35 and being in Lafayette East, that would be the next, a little over 35 miles. So those are the things that we continue to monitor. So when uh, Crown Point Hospital is building the one in 231 and 65, the first question for me was, are we gonna meet the 35 mile yeah. requirement yeah. that we have to ask for an exemption it's to, to Medicaid? I think we are well within the mile mark of the 36.4 yeah. or something.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope So, so just really quick, we have the hospital here in Rensselaer. There is a clinic in Rensselaer as well. That's Franciscan, correct? Correct. And you have the Brook Clinic.
2: Are those the three? Lo- are there other locations? There, there's one in Whitfield. Whitfield. Okay. Yes, and that's what I, I, when uh, when we came, Jasper County already had established the Brook and a clinic in Whitfield. Those are known as the Rural Health Clinic. Okay which is very much the same way that you have a federally qualified health center, so FQHC, but obviously they meet those, those requirements. And those two clinics, when they were established, Brook right now still is a much underserved area. Yeah. I believe in Newton County, that is the only health care service that the community has. So as a result of that, we get patients from Morocco, from Kentland, coming to the clinic. So... Uh, that's something that we continue to look very, very closely. And uh, I mean, it's a much needed. So, and as you know, we were, uh, our building flooded. So it was very, inter- it took us about two years to get back. But we finally, uh, February of this year, mm-hmm. we opened uh, our Brook Clinic at, at the existing uh, location. So that was pretty exciting that we uh, we, we are back.
1: Oh, yeah, no, we appreciate the investment there. Um, I know that the Brook patients were, being directed to the hospital (laughs) on the second floor for a while, I think, um, to see their their doctor until you made the investment and built a new space in Brooks.
2: A lot of credit goes to the providers. They had established, at that time, we had Kathy Larson being the provider there. She kind of opened that clinic about Mm -hmm. 22 years ago. She still worked with us on a a PRN basis when the other providers are on vacations. In that community, they followed that provider here to the hospital.
1: I think that's one thing we complain a lot about living in a rural area. I think we are very loyal. Um, if you have a great provider, you, you would follow that person or wait for them or drive to the hospital or whatever you have to do. Oh,
2: absolutely. And I think, also, you know, not only the provider, but I think uh, obviously we take pride in trying to provide uh, a good level of care. Uh, I, I think our staff, the one thing that I, I absolutely love about my staff is they're all locals. Uh, you're seeing second generations or generations from... From one mom to the daughter now working, I mean, it's a good story. Our director of patient care services or our chief nursing officer, Carrie Goodman, just yeah. Donna, her mom, used to be the yep. director of, I believe, Alternate Care. Everybody knows everybody. It's like, in a way, <laughs> it's like taking care of your neighbors yeah. or, yeah. or yeah. your so it, it, it's a lot of pride, and I think we definitely get our satisfaction uh, surveys that are usually one of the highest within Franciscan, and that's a reason why. But I can tell you also when they don't like what we, what we do, they also <laughs> let us know in the same way. And they, one thing that I take pride in is we have a, every half perhaps what we call it a patient advocate, and they are the ones that get the complaint. I reply to every complaint no matter how mild it will be I think it's important and you know, even I know how, uh, how much people appreciate getting a call so you really do, you, do so you really read my comment and they say, yes I did and they said oh I'm yeah. sorry <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes you goes to them You read my comment Absolutely And Then they, they, then they follow by Oh, I'm, I'm sorry And I say, hey, that's quite all right
1: Yeah, I think your health is so personal It's probably one of the more personal things that you have This is an understatement here In those moments when it's not going well Obviously you're very passionate about your response <laughs> So it probably does come across
2: Full of passion sometimes, right? <laughs> right? Right, and we all understand Interesting enough We always know that people Nobody want to come to a hospital. They only come to us because they have to, they have something occurring <laughs> or they need a, something that has been bothering for too long. So obviously, when we get them, it's not in the best emotional state. Yeah. So, and we don't get any answers or results or finding of their symptoms, is it becomes a very frustrating thing. So I mean, one of the biggest complaints that I get from our ER is that our I was there for four hours and they didn't find anything. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: So yeah. those are, those are a very common thing, which is uh, you know sometimes it is a good thing on our side. Once we done all the tests, I said, well, and I just go to the list of tests that you you had a CAT scan, you had a lab work, everything is negative. So I said, I think you can rest. And sure, maybe you were just having a little stress moment that you had a chest pain. It is not yeah. really your heart at all. Your echo, EKG is is yeah. normal. Yeah. yeah. So go run again. <laughs>
0: All of us live in rural communities, so we understand that like the struggles we have in our rural communities are so much different than like what even like Lafayette or Michigan City or Crown Point face, right? But it seems that like Franciscan has really embraced being in rural communities in Indiana and it's specifically ours. Why do you think Franciscan is a good match to address rural healthcare? There's a lot of positive for it being a hometown and the people, but like it can be a little more, the tension can be heightened with anything, EMS, right? Um, all the issues feel like they're a little bit more high stakes, but it seems like Franciscan does a really good job engaging and being a part of that. And I was just curious, is like, what do you think? What's the secret sauce there?
2: Uh, thank you. It's uh, very hard to answer the question directly, but uh, I mean, an uh, excellent question. Uh, one, I can tell you one thing that I, I have done since I came here is. We know that uh, by being in rural Indiana, Rensselaer, that we have a lot of critical uh, illnesses, and it's very hard to get these patients to comply. Yeah. For example, you know, smoking cessation. We know that our level of tobacco use is quite high in Jasper and Newton County. So when I came here, I started to recognize that within Franciscan, we have a lot of uh, resources available, but in my opinion... I don't think we were tapping into them or they weren't uh, utilized the way that we should put, put it to good use to our people. Uh, oh, another thing that I know that during the prior administration, there was a lot of effort to improve the, the rural rural health. And as a result of that, I think there's a lot of grants now being offered for rural communities. I think we just need to get to the level and provide what they need on their own uh, space. Yeah. We have worked very hard to try to work uh, with, the, with local entities. And right now, I am working on trying to provide behavioral health at mm-hmm. our two rural health clinics in Wheatfield and Brook, which the government is making a tremendous push to provide us because they know that have the need, especially in the in the pediatric uh, population. Yes. So, I believe that you know the need was always there, but I think we for us, and I can only speak for the Franciscan. when I came here, that we have all the resources and we really weren't being uh, utilized. Interestingly enough, Dr. Christine Box from the state of Indiana was here in February and delivering, introducing my healthy baby. And as a result, and as you know, we had opened our prenatal assistant program back in December. We opened a a very soft opening because we wanted to make sure that to, to test the water and see how that will be received. After she came on that day, introducing it and going, wait a minute, that's my healthy baby. That goes in line with our mm-hmm. without prenatal system prone we got to have the mom healthy so she can deliver a healthy baby. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. the beginning. And I think, you know, as a mm-hmm. result of that, I mean, and the state is putting uh, quite a bit of uh, funds available there for, for, for t- to be invested back in Vienna. Because we're trying to be, I know that. Governor Holcomb trying, it would trying to be the, uh, one of the best by 2028, uh, especially in the infant uh, mortality rates. We need to lower. We need to lower that. And uh, infant mortality rate is being measured by every child that is born if they die within the 12 months, that would be so. Hopefully, we're getting healthy for a life, not only for the first 12 months, yeah, yeah. so they go beyond the 12 months. But I think it was kind of a, I believe a, with everything's, Doctor Box was higher at uh, the Health uh, Commission in Indiana that was one of the charge uh, to to reduce the mortality rates, so healthy healthy moms will bring healthy healthy babies. I uh, thought so I think they're right, but to go back to the, to your question you know i i I keep on finding other things as you know when I talk about the resources that franciscan had i 'm talking about bringing little things like uh, the, the bike helmets for the kids, keeping mm-hmm. safe. The, the car seat for, for young children. And we do, we do those clinics at least twice a year. We also do a couple of uh, food, uh, I mean, the food pantry. We do at least two a year. We know that there's uh, quite a bit of a food insecurity in our city, in our county. So we try to be part of, part of that as well. Anything that we can do for, to be engaged with the community, I think we, we, we're always going to be part of that. You know, the other thing that we're trying to do, I try to spend my marketing dollars in supporting and sponsoring uh, the right causes that will align with our mission. And I, one example that I can give you is uh, we try to sponsor a lot of the, the, the summer camps, mm-hmm. kids' camps. Mm-hmm. And and those are the things that we need, we need to be more of. So our focus will always be, I mean, community-driven and also... Uh, implemented by the needs that are that we are seeing in the community right now this year we're going to be focusing on uh, smoking cessation That's, that that would be a big one and also we are trying we're going to be integrating some of the prenatal assistance program with the uh, uh, ambulance service and 911 hopefully to implement so, sort of like like you know paramedicine program mm-hmm. meaning that the EMTs will make visits to, to people houses and that we have some fund that we will be able to provide to the to work with our e, i mean our EMT so uh I mean providers in town in the county
1: partnerships are really important and you ta- you're talking about that a little bit are there other areas you're partnering um right now to help solve some issues That we can talk about on this podcast. (laughs) I know the prenatal um, assistance program has been a great partnership. I know the foundation has partnered um, with Franciscan on that as well, including the um, Safe Haven baby box that was placed last summer. And I I know you've been a great partner with St. Augustine Schools. Um, getting some playground equipment so the kids are out moving and being healthy and then also a a reward to go to the movies a couple of times, I think. So that's been a great, uh, great partnership there. Um, Appleseed is a huge partnership we can talk about for a minute, which would be fun to talk about.
0: (laughs) Partnerships are reciprocal in nature. And I think we understand, and I think a lot of people who benefit from them from the community side understand why partnerships, Franciscans' partnership with the community is so important. Can you also, like, talk about, like, why the partnerships are important to you as a healthcare provider and what that means? Because you don't have to do those things, right? Right. And, I mean, I think, but there's a reason you do them, and I think it's important that people understand that part as well. Right.
2: But the only, the primary reason that we do the partnerships is to know that, to know that, to to the community that we are here for them. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't take those opportunities and partnerships, I can tell you, People can easily go somewhere else and get their care. And I always keep on telling my, not only my employees but everybody in the community: we're here for you. If we don't reward us or honor us with your care, the problem that I need for us to be here. So we we're always going to, uh, for lack of better word. We're always going to do whatever we can to to earn uh, their trust in, in in their care service. Because as you mentioned, healthcare is very personal yeah. and. So we, that's one of the reasons why we do the partnership. But also, we know that it's the, it's the right thing to do. We want to be within the community. We, as you know, one of the, we do the work with the doc at least twice a year. About, we do that in the spring and the fall, trying to get the community involved. So they get to know. Obviously, we want the community healthy, but we also want the community to begin to know our providers. For most pro- doctors come over there and talk. I think it's kind of similar to the take a hike program yeah. that, 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 that you are taking on. Those are the things that we try to be in the community. We don't, we don't want to just see our patients in our exam room or in our, or in our emergency room. We want to see you in the park okay. outside <laughs> to see different faces. So it's, it's extremely important, and I think if we do that well, I think we have a good chance to continue to, to exist in a healthy manner with yeah. financially as well.
1: You, see, you want to see us healthy, <laughs> not just only yeah. when we're it's losing a, a limb or... Yeah.
2: <laughs> but by anyway, by going back to the apple seed, if I may, yeah, if please. I, uh, you know, uh, obviously that is uh, interesting enough. I think that started from a very humble beginning. I think after, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we were at the beginning of the pandemic. That's when I started to see, from the get-go, when I came here, one of the things that I, what I started to discover, my office wasn't a building, of course, and I had to walk to the hospital. All employees had to walk to have a meeting with anybody in administration. I, when the pandemic hits in March of 2020, I saw an opportunity. We were meeting with with our employees just constantly in the morning, mid-afternoon, and evening. we were having all these updates of what is changing at the state level, at the, at the government, CDC level. And I decided, you know, I need to move my office to be closed, to be in the hospital. So my entire administration moved. At that time also, we started to see, for example, medical record used to occupy Like at a space of about five different offices. Now, most of that work, everybody has access to my chart via the Mm -hmm. internet. So, very little request for medical records of patients, unless for other reasons that we prepare those. So, I started to see that administration building almost probably about 70 75% unoccupied. Right. when I moved my office to the hospital, I reached out to, I reached out to Brian Hooker at the Jackson Newton <laughs> Foundation. So I asked Brian, hey, you know, uh, nothing, don't do anything. I just want to run something by you. So I said, hear me out. Don't take an action or any action yet. So I said, I have this building, and I probably that I can. About 25% occupied. I believe I can empty it within probably 30 days' notice. I can bring all those people, knowing that I have a second floor, Oh, the hospital, almost, almost empty. I could easily, so... So she said, well, let me see what I can do. I think within a month, uh, Brienne called me, and uh, she had talked to Adam Olson, uh, who's now, at that time, he already had apple seed uh, established, I think. So the idea was already... It was more than an idea at that time. He already had established the apple seed name. So he said, "Would you mind if we come over to look at it? And I said... You can come but do not get any ideas because this is, <laughs> I have not, I have not talked to my Western Indiana administration or oh, Franciscan corporate. They don't know that we're doing that we you have' you working here so nobody's supposed to know. So true enough, I think they came and I they absolutely I mean it's a beautiful space, a brand new building and 2011 building and beautiful space. it would be ideal for a, a, a licensed daycare. So I think after that I began to work with administration. It took us about, I will say a little bit, of, a little bit over a year to actually get an agreement to to do that. But I think at the end of the day, it was uh, I I can tell you, it is it, an exciting project for for me especially to be able to bring this to work to have a partnership and have a building that I you know to repurpose a building for a daycare. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, is 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 phenomenal, in my opinion, for 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 the for the city of Rensselaer, for Appleseed to be able to uh, to partner with us and for us to provide provide that building. I think it would be by doing that. I believe that we are accelerating the opening. Of this project, probably by years, because to build a brand new yeah. daycare center would have been a couple of years plus, probably very costly. So very proud that Franciscan saw the benefit. Uh, you know, I got to the point that when we presented to our board and they, they said, uh, "I have to go and justify the project." So obviously that was very exciting. And uh, in the first question, that one of the sisters said, do you, do you look like you really want to do this, Carlos?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Yes, yes, you only knew." So they 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 approved that I came back and it took us a few months to get the paperwork done and I think it was very exciting when I when I made remember making that call to uh, Appleseed Adam Olson, and I said uh, I think we're gonna do this so he was like I, I think you know on the other hand when you look at Franciscan it is it will be it, this will be a very a very first and unique for Franciscan Health we are going to be the first potentially it can become. It can become a model. I mean, we keep on talking all the time, especially hospitals and healthcare, we keep on talking about care is going to go back home, but mm-hmm. we've been making that, uh, we've been monitoring that for, for decades now. I think it's making some improvement, but I think in the next 10, 20 years potentially with the very much implementation and advent of virtual health, telemedicine. I think we're going to see a lot of services being mm-hmm. probably going to, you're going to you probably going to make the first primary care visit in to that office, but from that point forward, you're going to be probably receiving your care at home. So we can see more HAFPA having some space yeah. available or uh, entire medical office building like similar to what happened to us. So. I hope that other healthcare systems, even around Franciscan, they're probably going to be looking at what we have done in Rensselaer to become, potentially, to become a model to to consider in the very near future.
1: I'm personally excited about this, but um, I still remember the phone call that we had, Carlos. I was sitting at the middle school to pick my daughter up after school, and we were just chatting, and you were like, I have a space. And I was like, I wonder what I can do with this space. <laughs> and... Um, and then all these things have happened, but I've appreciated Franciscan's partnership so much and how you went to bat for this project. Um, Essentially, we asked you to go tell your bosses about this crazy idea we have, (laughs) and you did it, Um, and uh, appreciate Franciscan's partnership. I feel like this is part of Franciscan's mission. I mean, this is taking care of babies zero to five, as they're growing and developing to be healthy and active and educated um, in our community and, and all in the most perfect location central to our schools and where everyone drives um, and then right next door to, you know, what is healthcare, right, to be healthy. So I'm excited to see the doors open
2: and to see that. Thank you for making the connection. And <laughs> I think uh, yeah. you, you kind of started it by we will take it off. And I think that, it, I mean, we are excited to be working with that with Apple Seed, and I think it's going to be a very, but, it, but the time is said and done, it's going to be it's going to be in a state-of-the-art uh, licensed uh, daycare service, and I think Apple Seed is going to be able to sustain the operation, yeah. to not be a, what I, you know what we call it, within the one-hit wonder, yeah. a year, it's two, three so years. years. Yeah. We want it to be here for decades and then more, and hopefully maybe not open, not maybe open another one. I said, you know, because I think within the next, I believe, I believe in by talking to Adam Olson from the very beginning, I think this is going to be probably opening a capacity.
1: With a wait list, I'm guessing. So, yeah, I think hopefully we can start looking in the northern end of the county where our population is next. So that has nothing to do with Franciscan, but we're going (laughs) to... It's good. I know that Franciscans spend some time every every three years doing a strategic plan where you look at right. community needs and what those health care needs are, but then also just other, other needs that could be. Um, so what are some of the rural health care initiatives in 23?
2: Uh, yes, yeah. well, one of the things that we always continue to monitor is the all the chronic uh, diseases, like, you know, the diabetics, uh, obesity rates, and we always monitoring those, and I thought that will continue to be, what well, you know, we have a... We have a diabetic clinics at the hospital. where we see, what we see, patients in here, and anybody can make a make a call, and, and, can, and they can be seen. Ho- hopefully, most of the most of the referrals come from our local uh, providers, doctors. But also at the same time, uh, you know, and that's something that we are focusing more, especially in our rural health clinics. I think a lot of the, our our patient they go with that care, I mean, unattended. So we're trying to get to to those uh, in a more hopefully get the word out and get those patients to be seen on a regular basis. And that's something that is, 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 as you know, with anything, is, is very high in our, in our county.
1: Right. So do you find people in rural areas aren't making the connection with the health care providers to take care of chronic illnesses? So it's trying to get people connected to a provider because they're
2: not going at all. Correct. Yes. And the reason how we find that out is that uh, we end up seeing a lot of the patients in our emergency room, we made an appointment with the provider, or we given a referral to the provider, but then often they, they do not make they don't they don't make that appointment. Wow. So we have a lot of patients, what we call they, they a lot of the patients that come to our ear, good numbers of, the, of our population that do not have an established uh, primary care physician, their their P C P. So we try to do that, and obviously what well, we work with all the local providers, and not only I don't mean not only the the Franciscan doctor, we work with all of them mm-hmm. and we ask them these are the these are the providers in town that they you know right. we give them all the all the independent physicians and I said please who do you want us to to call these are the numbers. Typically we don't see the patients and the next time we see see them is always at the ER again. Yeah. So that's what we know that we need to do something yeah. better. So they need to have a, a you know obviously we wanted to keep patients away from the ER. I wanted the ER to be for emergency visits. But okay. when you're using an ER for primary care visits is very it's very costly to them yes. to to the, to the very costly to us because having most of the time we probably not we're not gonna get that level of you know the reimbursement but that's not what we're there. We're just trying to Educate a good part of what we do is educating educating the patients. And I think you know, back at the early days of the pandemic, it kind of the roles were reversed because you recall at the time we were telling patients to do not come to the ER, stay home, these are the symptoms. Yes, yes. While we were, were seeing within the first by the end of June, I think in that summer of 2020, we started seeing patients that they were really they probably had COVID, so they were coming at a much more advanced. Chronic illness at the time, their situation may be chronic that they need to put in a ventilator. So at that time, we had, we sent our medical director of the ER to the radio station here to tell the patients, please do come to the ED with the first symptoms. Yes, we want to see. So because at that time, yeah, you you recall that there was an alarm, an alarming concern by not having enough ventilators for patients. Right. So we never ran in that situation. We never had a situation where we we were very fortunate. The, the, the CDC and the state of Indiana, they got us enough ventilators that they were able to deploy ventilators first to some of the critical access hospitals. So we were the first uh, recipient of about 10 ventilators, in addition to what we had. I was very proud of what the state of Indiana was also placing some emphasis, helping first to the to hospital the that actually needed them because we knew that most of the other acute level hospital, they didn't have any more beds. So we were seeing a lot of the more, uh, during the pandemic, we were having a consistent about number of 12 patients. We only have about eight emergency room days to see patients. At some point, we were hitting 20. So Gosh. most of the patients were in the hallways. Wow. We were seeing stretchers all over the place. It's very challenging. challenging, really? to, And you know that we couldn't send those patients anywhere. We had to take care of it. Right. So we learned, we learned a lot. I think we learned a lot and hopefully we can, as we continue to move forward, we, we we count. We count for those downside, that down uh, steps that we could have done better. We'll better prepare. I hope that we are better prepared. Or I hope there's never going to be another pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> <this is laughs> great... I don't want to be here another. We pandemic. all hope
0: that. <laughs> yeah. Is it unique to like a community like ours that there's the disconnect between primary care physicians and like our residents, or is that like, says that something Franciscan seeing across the board? Is that like you know is.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's unique, but it's a little bit higher in our yeah. community. I think we're trying to do, and you can, you know, with any healthcare system. I think we have a lot of for for many reasons. I think in one in one piece, for for example, from one side, in my opinion, for the big uh, urban areas, maybe that are uh, lack of health uh, or health insurance, potentially that people didn't go. In here, I don't think in here is especially with a pre classic hospital. I mean, that we will see. All patients, no matter whether, whether, whatever, I mean, regardless of your ability to pay, we we will see in a, in our in clinical setting, and I, I I believe it just is, is something that I think the, the the whether whether us as a nation, having done a very good job uh, uh, trying to get people to to the preventive care, mm-hmm. I mean everything is we have been, we have been talking and investing a lot on 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 prevention but I don't think we have had a good outcome with the population. Uh, you know, I always keep on going. We are one of the most expensive healthcare nations in the world. I don't think we have improved the quality of life uh, of people, especially toward the end of life, I don't, I, I don't think. And that's something that I think uh, hopefully it'll change in the future. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'll go back. It's not, it's not unique, but it's, a little, it's higher in our rural area. I think we need to open night out for the farmers. They like to, you know, because it's tough to get a farmer off their equipment, so we need to find a better way to do it.
1: When I think just our mentality around here is literally rub some dirt in it, it'll be fine, you know, until it's not fine and you find yourself in an ambulance in the emergency room, right?
0: My wife would have to drag me to the doctor for anything, and I would be kicking and screaming. Unless you're bleeding, right? If if I'm not gushing blood, I'm probably not going. It's kind of like...
1: Oh, that's not good. That's not what we're advocating here. talk about Franciscan in the next few years here and your investment in the community?
2: Well, I mean, if I can go back, everything we came here, as you know, yeah. we inherited a, a, a structure, a building that it was uh, the first move to, that, to the existing structure now in 1963. So we knew that uh, it, was, uh, it had some age and we needed to do some renovation to the structure. It was in good shape when we came here, but the exception was some of the HVAC, a lot of the boilers, chillers, elevators that we needed need to, to modernize. As we continued to also finding out that uh, we, they had a 1983 addition, which is that where the, I believe that's where our emergency room sits today. And then there was another addition in 2011. That's where our, our patients in operating room and oncology services is today. Neither one of the three additions, in terms of the air handling, communicate to one, to one another, and there isn't a redundancy for well with the exception of the 2011 addition, we have a redundancy, which is a requirement for in healthcare. Uh, I mean, I mean facilities. So we, that's always been a, a concern ever since we mm-hmm. came here. So we allocated some uh, money when we first came, something in the neighborhood about five million dollars. Uh, we recognize we started, when, once we began to do the <laughs> the analysis for the and the, and the engineers and, and architectural design work, we finding out rather quick that uh, that was not going to be enough. So we needed right. we needed more in the neighborhood about probably something something in the twelve to eighteen million dollars to truly. Just modernize our air handling, our chillers and boilers, and to have called the redundancy that you need mm-hmm. in healthcare uh, facilities. So as a result of that, we for the last year we uh, we are uh, engaged in a in a in a venture to to find out how do we modernize our place, including. A brand new solution, meaning a total brand new hospital in a different location, right. right within Rensselaer. Our goal has always been to remain mm-hmm. in Rensselaer, and I think we talked at that time about two years ago, we entertained a location around 65 and 114. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's some real estate available, some land available there. When we uh, complete the work for a brand new hospital it came in around the neighborhood about 76 million dollars <laughs> that is in the middle of a pandemic uh, we didn't dare go into corporate with that project because we knew that in the pandemic especially we were not looking toward to invest in that kind of money at that time in any hospital at the time right. so we went back and decided you know uh, the building still is a very it's a good structure mm-hmm. sound structure can we do anything to modernize the HVAC, modernize elevators, and if we can have a brand new emergency to modernize our, our emergency room right. and our inpatient units, we already have a very nice outpatient and operating room and oncology center. I think that was the, that was the catalyst for us to do what we're about to do, and that is... Uh, as uh, in two weeks ago, two weeks ago, our uh, board of trustee at the corporate level they approved an investment to our hospital twenty eight million dollars.
0: Oh, that's incredible.
2: That that yeah. So <laughs> that will modernize our our entire building. We will uh, begin that work probably. Right now, we are already working with the uh, design architects and engineers. To where we start, obviously we're going to be starting with the with the chillers and Mm boilers to provide the air for for the entire facility, and also then we are going to continue with our emergency room and then with our inpatient service. So at the end of the day, when this is all said and done, it's about it's about something in the neighborhood about forty eight to sixty months, so about five years project. But in the next five years, you will go, you're going to see a lot of uh, movement at the hospital. Wow. It's going to be very uh, challenging to take care of the patient while we are doing the, yeah, the, the remodeling of the building, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a, to be a beautiful a beautiful uh, inside. Not a whole lot of uh, glamorous on the outside, perhaps, <laughs> but I think when they go inside, they're going to, they're going to immediately feel and see the difference, so... Very exciting for Franciscan to be able to invest that amount of uh, uh, capital dollars in Rensselaer. I think it goes to show more to the community that in, 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 indeed Franciscan is here to stay. We have planted the flag very strongly mm-hmm. for our community and also continue to realize that uh, uh, Jasper County, Jasper Newton County, is Franciscan markets. We have Half person Lafayette and Crown Point. Now we continue to provide the care to this community in a way that is pretty much a standard with all Franciscan hospitals. So we're going to be a very much a state-of-the-art uh, healthcare facility in Rensselaer. I couldn't tell you; I couldn't be more excited to <laughs> to be part of leading this yeah. project in the next in the next five years.
1: Does that mean you're staying here for five more
2: years? <laughs> I will come to Rensselaer to retire. That one thing that's just, uh, I you know I love it here. The the, the living in the community. Living alone, among our, our people, I mean, it's just great. I can stop by the hospital every Saturdays and Sundays and see. It's it just it's, it is truly one of those things that I think uh, I always wanted to be, and I always push for. what it would be ideal for every provider, every doctor who provide care here to live in Rensselaer as well. Yeah. It, it's always you know the local. I think it's nice to go to the same grocery store, to go to the same places that they they do things. It's nice to see them on the street. So you don't feel like a, like a strange in, in, in the town and you don't come here for a Monday through Friday and get in your car and go back to your uh, bedroom, whatever that may be.
1: I think we appreciate that as a community too, that, that we share our faith and our, our grocery shopping and our parks and everything with each other. So yeah, no, that's exciting, Carlos. This is the infamous podcast question, and Stephen alluded to it earlier today, was saying that Franciscan doesn't have to partner. Y- you don't have to be forward-facing in the community. You can just sit and wait, probably not technically.
0: But you don't have to live in Rensselaer. To, you don't to have be, to be in Rensselaer,
1: So I guess kind of asking, why do you care?
2: I think, you know, one thing is, is, is what, what kind of difference do you want to make as an individual? And I, one of the reasons I work for Franciscan is, I share the mission that they have, and I believe strongly in it. That we truly come to—we we are a mission-driven. Although at times may not think that way, but we work very hard to <laughs> to to upkeep, to maintain that that image in, in in town. And I made a choice, as you know, it wasn't a require a requirement for me to live here, but I made a choice that I want to live where I work, and I always done that, and I because that's the only way that you that you actually adapt and learn what you people do. And I can tell you, I take my job very personal, and I demand the same thing from every employee. We are definitely, you know, we made a lot of changes in the in the last nearly seven years, and I've been about close to those, over six years, those seven. We have made some difficult decisions. I think, as I share with you, every time we have made a difficult uh, a decision is, to be honest and tell right from the get-go to tell the community why we're doing what we're doing mm-hmm. i think and i, I have try to be uh transparent with the community with my employees i think at the end of the day it has served me right uh and the employees i believe they appreciate that the community appreciate that as well i think the more and more you know we will never stop working hard to gain the trust of this community because healthcare is very it fluctuates you uh, know, so we will never stop doing that. I always take pride in getting the doctors that we that we work with, that they understand what it is to serve a small community like Mansfield. We have had a lot of the ER doctors at the beginning. We had a lot of doctors coming. I got to the point that I said, "Give me a handful of doctors. Give me five doctors that will provide the core service, and so we can start evaluating one by one." And I, you know, if I has to be responsible for the uh, salary of the doctor, I have to demand what I, what I need and they're not fulfilling that requirement right. you are now i, I don 't have to do anything and you have to tell the the, the group i said i don 't want the doctor's schedule here one more shift wow. so we have to take on those actions and I think when people start seeing those things, I think they know that you know that they know that we are we are we are serious about taking care of the, of the patient and I think but also, the other thing is also you know is, is is a joy to do what I do because of the people who, to which I I am doing it with. I think, and you come to Ransselaer, it feels different because of the staff are the residents of this community. It feels like a family when we get when we get when we get to that to 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 our place. If you ever walk into our place, I, I hope you will feel like a family. Not to toot my my own horn here, but uh, <laughs> we just completed uh, what we know as employee engagement survey. Rensselaer was the highest among all the Franciscan hospitals. That's awesome, pretty incredible. I think uh, we got, it we finished level of participation. I don't, and I don't call that engagement yet, but participation was eighty-one point five percent. That is, I believe, if you study surveys, anything at forty percent is a very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And but we had eighty-eighty-one point five. Uh, no other hospital came close to what we did. So. What that does to us is, you know, it puts a lot of responsibility on our uh, as leaders because if you're going to, if we ask you what, tell us what we need to do and you're telling us, we better take action on those. Uh, so that's our next uh, level of responsibility that comes. So we're already having uh, quite a few gatherings with our leaders to make sure that we do, we take, we, we, we take actions on what they're telling us. And, you know, one thing that I believe is funny coming out of our uh, survey is, uh, for example, we have uh, all our dumpsters and in the back of the hospital, and there's no light there. So you go there, and the after 9 p.m., it can be... Uh, you don't know what you're doing, but you, most of our employees have been, have been with that for a long time, so they know every step yeah, where to go. Yeah. They can do it blindly. But in case you, you, there's a piece of ice on the floor, you may not see it. So an employee told us, you know, it would be nice if you have lights in here. So guess what? We put in lights in the back yeah, to reflect uh yeah. Those automatic lights that went out, when you walk out, they will turn on. Yeah, yeah. the automatic. So... Little little things like that. So, but you know, obviously, it's never. uh, I I think you have to love what you do. I always tell my employees, our nurses do twelve-hour shift, and I said you spend half of your day with us. Mm -hmm. By the time you drive back and forth, that probably leaves you down to ten hours with your family, and you sleep. Eight hours, those ten. Yeah. So you spend eight, two hours with your family, but you're giving us twelve. So you're spending a heck of a lot of time with us than at any other event within your life. So I said, let's make it a little more cohesive. That we let's 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 find a way to work together instead of work against each other. Because when we do that, it's a it can be a pretty miserable work day. Yeah, yeah. So you know that's our goal. So in reality, you know we don't we don't need to, to be engaged or involved in the community. But I think that's. I mean, we take that very very. We take pride on providing care to to the patient. I think the most I can tell you from our healthcare uh, providers aspect, the one of the most joy of any, in my opinion, you, whether you're a nurse, respiratory therapist, or a ear doctor, is seeing, seeing someone coming into a stretcher. When I stand up and see that person walk out mm-hmm. of our hospital, that's one of the greatest joy. I mean, well, nothing compared to having a mom working with out with their baby. That's, yeah. a, that's a beautiful. <laughs> that, a, that is a wonderful. But ha- having a very ill uh, resident coming to us in a stretch of, or via ambulance and walking alone with their daughters or spouse, I mean, that's one of the most beautiful, beautiful sights to see every time. And it doesn't get old. It never gets old. But
1: say thank you for joining us today, Carlos, and say I know that um, I personally admire your leadership in the community and also your faith and appreciate your partnership.
0: All the time talk about appreciating your willingness to partner and and demonstrate, you know, Franciscans' commitment to not just Rensselaer but Jasper County as a whole. I think that's really important, and I know I appreciate it a ton as well, so...
2: No, thank you both, and I also appreciate you by guiding me in the right direction. I know you are, you're you one of the people that I call when I have a, a question about anything that is happening in the community that will impact health care, so you have been a very uh, helpful to me as well, so I appreciate the Jasper Foundation and the Jasper County Economic Development Organization, and well, you guys are definitely doing a, a great job for our counties and our city, so I will continue to be... Call them and you whenever I <laughs> I have a need. No. Just, or, or just for lunch. Yeah. Whatever.
0: There you go. Either way. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's conversation about Jasper County. For anything related to the podcast or information about today's conversation, you can email Brina at Roots and Graffiti at jaspercountyin.com, all spelled out. And there will also be links in the show notes below. Thanks, guys.